Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And Justin Tyson. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. We have a legend in the building. A legend. Living Justin legend. Justin Mother Effin Tyson. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> how the hell are you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We don't care. Don't yeah, tell dude. us. Don't tell our listeners. You're a has-been. That uh, never has been. <laughs> ju- ju- God damn. <laughs> Justin's been our producer. You guys have heard him on some previous episodes. He was out at Diesel Power Challenge with me. We're just sitting in our new studio today, and, well, the mic was on, so we made him talk. And he's Uh, blushing. (laughs) Uh, Hey, guys, right at the top of the show, I wanted to let all of our listeners know about our Diesel Performance Podcast Q&A Facebook group. I know that's a long name. We'll come up with a better name. I promise. I think it just. I think we need to leave it right where it is because it's it's not simple, but it's to the point. Right. Right. It's obvious. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. phone's blowing up constantly, Paul. If I can get like off the reminder of that, like <laughs> that would be mint. But uh, everyone that's you know engaging and, and posting on that, we appreciate it. All of our listeners that are listening to this episode and future episodes to come, please go on there, request to follow. You know, we'll accept you if you have a pulse. You're on. Yeah. Paul has low standards. We got you. Yeah. That's why I'm willing to work with Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <That was laughs> you walked good. right into that, was that one. Good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, hey, speaking of that Facebook group, I pulled WC Fabs from Facebook from the group. Cool. So, if you're already on the group, you already saw this post. I actually tagged um, somebody to already go in and, and kind of help answer this. But it, it came through and it says, I have a 17 F250 Lariat that is stock. Is there anything I can do to improve the exhaust sound without voiding warranty? Chris, we deal with this one so commonly. Dude, there are so many options, though. Uh, <laughs> all, all joking aside, you know, the the truck, the, the DPF on these trucks, right? So the, the factory yep. emissions acts is more or less like a muffler. So it, it quiets yeah. the engine down. Uh, there's a lot of DPF back exhaust systems on the market that maybe with the faintest, like, ear to the tailpipe, you might notice something very slightly. I don't think you'll change volume, but you'll change tone. Tone, It right. will sound different. It, not louder. But not to the extent of what it would be like with a straight pipe altogether on the of truck. Of course, yeah. Which is what I think a lot of guys are after. Plus, the thing that we need to keep in mind is, on the newer trucks, they're just quieter altogether. So even when you do go and, and do like a full exhaust, they're not going to sound like a 7.3 or a 6 liter for that matter. Right. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot that you could do, but you could try a DPF back. It might change, you know, it'll change the aesthetics. Truck will look a little different. Now, Justin, you're a little bit outside of the diesel market from your day-to-day operations. So you're not you're not a guy who passionately and regularly goes to hang out at diesel events outside of work, although you're around diesel all day long. Uh, what are your thoughts about the way like a deleted 2.8 liter sounds compared to an emissions equipped or, or even the bigger trucks, even if we're getting into a Duramax or a Cummins? Talk about a 6.7 Cummins with a 5-inch uh. turbo back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've driven deleted and non-deleted, you know, customer trucks. Not not customers, but people wanting tunes and whatnot coming back. And That's essentially, yeah, s- <laughs> smells like shit. Uh, the truck or loud. the exhaust? <laughs> it's loud. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. It's 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 rough. The thing I would say with the newer trucks, you know, the, there's a drone. Yeah. You get this yeah. crazy drone. You know, the displacement of the motors are increasing. You know, the where the truck makes its peak torque and power bands dropping a little bit to make it run a little more efficient. Right. And man, you get a trailer behind you and you go on the open road and man, it's aggressive. It's just it's fun in your driveway. That's like usually what I think about a straight pipe exhaust. Like in your driveway, sitting around with your buddies, listening to your truck run, you wrap it one or two times. You're like, 
Yeah, she bad. Uh, and then you live in it, and you're like, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, no. I mean, well, then look at a look at a non-emissions truck. You know, like uh, Jim Runnant works over with us over at Calibrated Power Duramax Tuner. Beautiful five nine mega cab, right? He has two high flow four inch mufflers on that thing to keep it quiet. Yeah. And I mean, it, it sounds actually not bad. I mean, it's it had, probably my favorite sounding Cummins yeah. of that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just quiet because it's the only one I've ever seen that actually had mufflers. Yeah. Well, I had two on my my 07. I did, but it was a four, and she has a five. I think the five makes it. Makes right? it, yeah. But uh, I, we were talking about adding on a third one. That'd be no. I don't know. We'll see how You'll that goes. You'll see. This is not like a damn Prius. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Hey, speaking of a damn Prius, we got uh No, I'm just joking. Okay, so we, we do have uh, one of our diesel stories sponsored by Exergy Performance. This one is right at home for us. So yeah. this is actually our boss. Jamie Curley. Uh, talking about his truck. Now, you guys may have seen Jamie on Duramax Tuner's Diesel Insights video talking about recreational towing. Uh, so he's got a 15 LML. He tows a huge, huge gooseneck uh, yeah. camper with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he put some real weight behind this thing. He really pushes this truck. And I think what's really cool here is we recently threw an emissions equipped twin turbo kit on it, and he had to go tow on the weekend. With a bunch of other modifications. Right. So it yeah. wasn't just that. So, so we, we threw a whole pile of parts at the yep. truck, and then nobody was available all weekend for him to ask any questions to. So just like a, a just, regular yeah, customer. No one answers, Jamie, we're he, sorry, man. You're the best boss I could ever have. But, like, yeah, I don't answer your call But we the straight weekends. up treat him like a customer on the yeah. weekend. No, I'm just joking. Um, listen, he, he had a lot of questions. He had a lot of things that he wasn't 100% on. And so I, I think this is a really cool story of what a, a regular everyday guy who throws some, some huge list of parts at his truck yep. – Kind of walk you through what did that feel like the first time he was out actually pushing that truck? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a totally different experience to be expected. Um, what I learned from it was uh, it was probably overcautious, and um, after you know the the post analysis of the poll, as I call it, <laughs> talking to people that uh, a bit more technical on that side of the business, like Nick, like, hey, this is post turbo EGT, this is at the manifold, you know, these are the numbers I'm running. And, uh, yeah, pretty much he called me a pussy and said, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you could have pushed a truck a lot harder. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, you know, uh, it was a very positive experience. Well, walk me through that first sure. day. So so yep. you get the build done. Um, it, it's a weekend. It's after hours. So there's essentially nobody available. Right. Uh, you hook up to a camper, and you got a pretty massive camper. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, camper itself is 43 foot uh call it 15k empty so you know throw all the shit you go with camping and uh, all the other funsies and you're probably good 15 7 maybe 16k um prior to that just uh tuned lml with a lift pump um the build was a 10 mil exergy uh our dt uh, twin kit uh built trans uh garen x converter so it's it's got all the power. It's got all the support it should need to pull to pull the trailer as it is. Um, so the first day, uh, first day getting the truck, um, you know, working out a couple wrinkles as to be expected. Um, the power band was entirely different. So where the truck made power, um, with the second charger spooling up, where boost was coming in, and in you know entirely different environment. And that's that's with nothing behind it. So uh, building up to that. Uh, I was trying to learn, you know, the driving habits of the truck itself, shift patterns, uh, where boost was making, because boost is entirely different now than it was prior to. So uh, armed with all those, uh, you know, all those pieces of information, thought I was prepared and ready to, 
you know, take my, my, my rig to Door County. It's about a five-hour pull if you're lucky, no traffic. <laughs> uh, it, it was, I thought, uh, you know, kind of a, a good, uh, good, good first pull because there's some, some uh, local small highway and then uh, interstate driving. So truck's going to operate under 60 and over 70. Um, so I'm like, great. So uh, start out. Um, first experience was uh, merging onto uh, I-90, uh, heading to uh, to Green Bay, Wisconsin. And uh, first thing I noticed is uh, when the truck is under load, it builds boost really quick. And uh, I'm all about the NVR noise, vibration, harshness. Uh, as a seasoned puller, you know, you listen to the truck uh, you know, more than you drive the truck. Um, I got my eye on my edge monitor. I got my ears tuned into the truck itself. And I hear the second charger kick in and whistle. I'm like, that's great. And then I throttle down to what I feel is the appropriate applied pressure, which is typically 40, 45% for acceleration. And charger lights up, you know, 30 plus pounds of boost. And again, you know, old me is like back off, back off. Um, so that was, that was my first impression. Um, on the highway, uh, ample power. Again, it was, it was managing the perception of high post-turbo EGT. So in this particular calibration, um, I had EG back, down, uh, EG back down not in the file um, because, again, I'm still learning the driving habits of the vehicle itself. So uh, I was taught anything post 1150, 1200 degrees post-turbo, like that's not sustained. You just, you know, you can hold her there for a little while, but the sustained, you know, you want to back off. Well, when you're running twice as much fuel in 10 mil and you're running twice as much boost, um, you know, it, it, builds, it builds that post-turbo EGT pretty quick. Um, the delta between um, uh, non-twin kit and twin kit, uh, non-twin kit delta post-turbo EGT uh, at the manifold EGT is between 250 and 300 degrees. Uh, what I found is that narrowed it to 100 to 175 degrees. So now I'm pedaling the truck, trying to keep the uh, manifold EGTs at 1250, 1300 or under, and I'm seeing my post-turbo at 1150. And 1150 sustained, uh, to me, is abort, 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 right? So now I'm having to try drive around those, those behaviors. And again, this is where Nick, you know, post-analysis, like, oh, no, you, you, had, you had twice as much air going through there. Therefore, you know, that delta can be squeezed a bit higher. So... Uh, down there, um, the pull was uh, was really was good. I didn't have any issues, no mechanical issues to be expected. Uh, got no codes, ample power, almost pulled 10 miles of the gallon, uh, pulling a rig that, and it's hand calculated. It's no bullshit. That's not on the dream meter That's me calculating it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it, it was what was nice about it is I some of the things I would worry about. Um, without that setup. I didn't necessarily have to worry about with this setup. Um, one of them being power, uh, plenty of power. So slight grades, passing in traffic, you always have to kind of look ahead a mile or two to make sure you got enough lane to get over. Um, truck was very reactive and, and, and pulled fine on the way down there. Um, so yeah, spend some time with the family, uh, come back, right? Probably the worst pulling conditions I ever had to pull in in the 20 years I've been pulling a trailer, uh, let alone this rig. Um, I was facing a you know, 20 to 40 mile an hour wind gust, uh, 20 mile an hour sustained, 
headwind on the rig. I mean, we're talking a fifth wheel here, so it's like pushing a brick through the air. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm an advocate uh, of using all six gears in a transmission. I feel if Allison put it in there, I'm going to use it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when you, yeah, when you got something like that behind you with those types of variables, uh, it means more fuel, more acceleration. So. Um, as I said before in the beginning comments, I like to pull about 40% applied, um, and that uh, that runs around 80, 70, 80, 85 mm3. Um, I, I'm, I'm squeezing her down, and I'm, I'm, I'm cresting 100, 110 mm3. Now, the EGTs go along with it, right? Well, again, that's where I... I'm not in tune with the truck. I don't have all the understanding of what, you know, what abort means. Um, so I kicked her down the fifth gear. Well, then fifth gear means higher RPMs, right? So fifth gear, higher RPMs, heat rises. You know, I like to keep my truck 190 or sub 90. So now it's running 195. I'm looking at it like, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? Um, long story short, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I just wasn't pushing the truck to the to its limits. I had it was, there was ample opportunity to push that truck even further than what it was. Now we're not talking about sustained 100 plus mm3, but when we're when we're going upgrades or fighting those headwinds, you know, to me, old school was old setup. Yeah, back off, back off. But uh, long story short, um, she made it home just fine, and uh, yeah. No worries. So I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, <laughs> if I can get my wife to uh, to agree to let me pull again. <laughs> so you had mentioned uh, that your power band changed. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. It, it comes on sooner. Yeah. So boost comes in much much sooner. Um, so the way we have the truck set up now, and we and we honestly have it on a very conservative tune. We have not dynoed the truck yet. Expectation is going to be somewhere in the mid sixes. Um, I don't. I don't think it's there right now. Um, and and the reason being is I didn't want to put an aggressive tune in it, uh, and then go you know, on my first pull six hours away, and then you know have something that's not dialed in the right way, or me not treating the truck the right way. But yeah, the the truck makes uh, makes much more power up front. So so your your down low power because of the boost coming in so much sooner, the truck is you know it's it's very low end quick. Um, mid-range, eh, kind of about the same. Um, and then uh, and the, on the end of the spectrum, um, on the top end, um, lugging the truck is much funner now because there's, you know, there's more boost that comes in. It's just finding that RPM band. So we're still, still working through some transcals to, uh, to get the converter to lock up just at the right moment. Um, but uh, the truck really pulls hard now. So when that boost comes in, um, truck really, really livens up. So... Yeah, it, uh, it totally different driving habit than, than it was when it was stock with just, just a tune on it. <laughs> now, you mentioned you got up to 10 miles to the gallon. Uh, yeah. Most people who who we talk to in, yep. in our day-to-day real-world job uh, would think that was atrocious to yeah. get 10 miles to the gallon. But, but you're talking about a 43-foot brick pushing through mm-hmm. the air. Um, what, do you, what did you used to get? What, what was the yeah. low end of that? Uh, you're lucky if you got eight miles a gallon, you know, six to eight miles a gallon was a traditional pull. Um, I, in a, in a previous, uh, one of our previous, um, YouTube videos, I don't know anybody out there that's a recreational puller that like kind of scripts out what his fuel economy is going to be like, dude, you just want to get there. You want to be safe, (laughs) want to have fun and have a beer. You don't give a shit about how much, how many miles a gallon I get. Uh, as long as I don't break anything and I got some cool suds at the end of the line, that's all I worry about. But, uh, 
Yeah, I was just curious on uh, you know what I was going to get as as far as fuel economy because of the new setup, and it was noticeable in the gauge. And why I say that is, I've I've made this trip so many times, and uh, I know where I got to get fuel. And uh, when I thought I had to get fuel, I looked down. I'm like, no, I don't have to get fuel. I made it all the way to my destination without having to fill up. Oh wow. Yeah. So I had a quarter tank of reserve. So it's 256 miles, a 31 gallon tank and i had a quarter tank left so um, i didn't have the same variables i had uh, coming on the way back you know there wasn't uh, a headwind um it was you know calm day but it was it was probably optimal pulling conditions and for me to pull off almost 10 miles a gallon pretty cool that's so wild that that you ended up getting like the best day to pull and then the worst day to pull like in the same trip um tell me about that difference what did it feel like as the driver not necessarily as, as you know an employee here at Duramax Sooner, but sure. as the driver of being behind a truck with a fresh build on it, coming home, seeing some of those gauges. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of money in that truck, so I'm like, this better work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and by the way, my wife's sitting next to me, and she's like, this better work. <laughs> um, it was, again, apprehension in the beginning because I didn't know what to expect. I knew what to expect without the rig loaded, but with it loaded, you know, the first hour is a bit contentious, but then as I got to learn the truck and understand what it can and cannot do or the reaction, you know, when I throttle down or don't throttle enough, what the truck will do. Um, once I got past that, it was like, and that, that's the, like, I tried to make kind of this impression when we talked about it on the, uh, in the YouTube video, like, Pulling is an experience, it's a journey, right? And the last thing you want to do is be frustrated over it or let your passengers see you're frustrated over it because, you know, you got 16,000 pounds behind you. The truck is 10. That's 16. Like, you're rolling down the road. There's there's some hazards in front of you if you don't get this thing right. <laughs> and uh, my wife is always the first to pick up on those. <laughs> like, why, why are your knuckles white? You know, why won't you talk to me? Um, now, nah, it, it just totally changed the experience. So uh, all, all positive. And looking at the gauges just endorsed, you know, what I was feeling, what I wasn't hearing, and what I was seeing the truck do. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, no worries, man. Anytime. All right, and so that was Jamie uh, telling his story. Chris, man, I think one of the things that I laugh about is, uh, again, we have people like Jamie who's been around diesel trucks for a long time. He was a customer before he was an employee. Yep. Uh, so he he knows this industry pretty well. And, and yet, it, I love the detail of the numbers where th- we're recording this story weeks after it's actually happened. He can still tell you yeah. the exact temperature well, everything went to. You know, we just listened to the recording, and that's the second time I had to hear that story, right? And it never <laughs> ceased to amaze. Like, he he is definitely uh, an owner-operator, I guess you can say. Like, he knows his numbers. He has been he had an LMM prior to that. Yeah. Uh, really nice crew short, two-wheel drive truck. He didn't know it was two-wheel drive when he bought it. No. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, it's a nice truck. I wanted to buy it before I bought the, the four on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he was really in tune with that truck. Then he gets into the LML and he didn't just hook up a trailer to that and start towing. He drove it around, got acclimated with it, then hooked up to a trailer before doing anything else, got acclimated with that, then tuned the truck, had a better understanding. Like he does things in stages. And a lot of us at the shop, we give him a lot of flack for it. But at the same time, I don't know to the T what my truck is going to run at. I know what oil pressure, oil temperature, trans temperature. Um, I know how the truck fuels and boost pressures. Like I, I've tuned these trucks in the past. I know what the truck should run like, but not to that extent. I I think it's funny too because I think like right after a tune, I could go out in my vehicle and tell you, okay, here here's where everything should be. Here, yeah. Here's the gauges I'm looking for. And then unless there's an actual problem, I probably don't even look at my gauges no. for the next six months. No, like legitimately, like 
no idea what my average boost is while driving 60 miles an hour down yeah. the road because I don't fucking care. No, it's just, it that's a variable. That, that number varies though too. R- right, you know? of course. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. he is like in tune to a T. Like he knows <laughs> that truck inside and out. And you know, kudos to him. I mean, yeah. he want he makes me want to be more aware and alert about what's going on. So just in general, yeah. in life, I agree. Uh, well, hey guys, we know you're waiting to, to hear from our special guest today. Our special guest is always sponsored by Calibrated Power. We're so glad to have them on board to, to help make this show possible. So without any further ado, here's KJ Jones. All right, and Calibrated Power presents our special guest of the week, and that's going to be KJ Jones from Diesel Power Magazine. KJ, how the hell are you? I'm good, Paul. What's happening, man? I'm all right. Everything is good on this side. <laughs> I love to hear it, man. Now, KJ, you, Justin, and I got to hang out for a week. Uh, Justin Tyson, of course, joining us for this interview. What's up, guys? Hey, Justin. Hey, KJ. Uh, now, Justin was out there with me all week covering Diesel Power Challenge 2019 uh, at Bandemir Speedway and over at ATS Diesel, uh, kind of tracking with all of the event and, and seeing how it went down. But, KJ, we wanted to get you back on now that the show's over and we've talked to a couple of competitors you've seen more of these than just about anybody else what do you think of this year's diesel power challenge man i tell you what this um i said this last year uh that it was the best diesel power challenge that i've been a part of um but i have to say that this year topped last year last year's was awesome um diesel power challenge 2018 but diesel power challenge 2019 i guess it's uh, just a, a a next rung on a ladder from 2018 as far as, you know, the caliber of participant, uh, the caliber of truck that was competing, just the overall organization and uh, the way things uh, ran, just operations from an operation standpoint. This is all, I guess you could say, you know, my, my beautiful dream coming together from the first time I, uh, I did or we did Diesel Power Challenge and I was involved with it to present. It's like we got to keep doing these things and making some changes and making tweaks here and there to make it better. And this year, I, I, I knock on wood and say we knocked it out of the park, man. All, all bases were covered and everybody was happy and it was a really killer event. For sure, for sure. Got to agree with that. Uh, it, it, was, it was a huge event. So it, it's one of these things where it's, it's not just three three things. You're not just going to drag race. You're not just going to sled pull. You're doing all of it, man. And so these competitors, they got to have this wide range of, of expertise with their truck. And in the past, I think what I've noticed as a, as a fan, as a viewer at home, is that there always seems to be like either a breakout performance or somebody who's just their truck is so fast, they were able to kind of dominate throughout some of the speed events and that, that kind of carried them through it. This year... I think we mathematically just can say this was the highest level of competition we've at least seen in, in recent history. Seven trucks over a thousand horsepower uncorrected on ATS's dyno? That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right, man. Um, that was a that was a mind blower right there, you know. I, I went in to uh, the competition hoping that, you know, we get these entries, and and um, guys and people say they have, <clears throat> pardon me, they say they have trucks that uh, you know are capable of making a thousand horsepower. You know that's of course the magic number in this thing now, but they're capable of making a thousand horsepower, and we're taking into account that they don't live in 58 
hundred to six thousand or better feet of altitude as well. You know what I mean? These are guys that are coming from other parts of the country where um, the number they're presenting to us for consideration is A, probably corrected, and B, it's certainly at a lower altitude than Denver area. So for seven trucks to eclipse to, to eclipse a thousand horsepower, um, as you say, at ATS diesel performance, but you know, basically in that lack of it, lack of air and high altitude uh, place. That's just that's just phenomenal, dude. That was out of control. <laughs> Wild. Uh, I, I thought I thought we started to see that pattern even on the first day emerge. Uh, I know you and I went back and forth, and I was like, man. It, getting it down to just like one or two two faults and you had told me no paul some guys actually go with zero penalties on the mile per gallon test or the drivability test uh and i didn't believe you i was like man i haven't seen that i don't remember that happening but sure as shit we saw i think four guys go through with zero penalties right off the bat on day one yeah yeah they came in and um got it figured out it's kind of funny to watch when that that goes down uh, you know, they do the practice, uh, the demonstration run with the um, ATS truck, and, and uh, Jaron did a good job. He just got in the seat, and first time he had ever seen it. And he did, a, he did a decent job, but he gave the competitors a good scope of, okay, this is what it is, and it's something that you have to focus on and concentrate um, to get through. But with that said, there were guys that actually did that, man, and, and they nailed it. You know, it's a, it's a workout on the truck, and it's definitely a workout on the driver because you have to stay really focused on that screen and, and the course, if you will, as the truck, um, you know, simulated rolls over this 20-minute this, uh, course. So for guys to be that dialed in uh, to go through with no penalties, that's awesome. Absolutely, man. Now, one of the rumors I heard floating around that day, I want to get some clarification for you. That that course or that simulation essentially is seven miles of driving. That's probably right. I think it's between seven and eleven miles of actual driving. Um, the, the the length, twenty minute length or twenty one minute length, is based on the speed. Um, for the most part, you know, there are the sixty mile an hour or sixty five mile an hour stretches, but for the most part, that's really a sustained. 30 or so or 40 mile an hour trips so that's why it takes so long to get through but yeah it's between i think 7 and 11 miles uh, uh, actual miles of driving you know it's so funny kj i remember the first time we had you on the show and i asked you about this test and i said it's a stupid test i don't get it who cares and then you go there and you see how hard it is you see how frustrated guys are with it uh you see how tough it is on the trucks and all of a sudden, yeah. you, you start to really bring this uh, that specific portion of, of the event into into perspective there and understand, okay, this is actually a great test to measure drivability because it pushes the truck and the driver to their absolute limits. No doubt about it. I'm, I'm very, honestly, I'm very proud of it because uh, prior to my coming on Diesel Power, and, and everyone knows, if you will, the history was there was this beautiful cruise through the Rockies and the trucks were on the road and all of that stuff. And it was, I'm, I'm sure it was wonderful. I wasn't part of the magazine then, <laughs> but I'm sure it was, a, it was a great thing. But, you know, we've had to move past that for, for various reasons. We've had to move past that and come up with a way to measure drivability or to just evaluate drivability and to try to see what type of fuel consumption is happening as well. And this is, and by competitor admission, which is fulfilling for me, by competitor <laughs> admission, 
this this is this is a true validating way to do that without ruffling any feathers at all. Um, you know, hopefully not hurting too much equipment, etc. So I'm I'm extremely proud of it, and I think you know we're going to go forward in this manner uh, with with doing that type of test. Maybe tweak it a little bit here or there um, um, to just really, really, really nail it. But right now, it's pretty solid. And when competitors get out of their truck saying, man, that was that was hard. That was nothing <laughs> easy about it. <laughs> you know, that says it all for me. I, I love it when so many guys tell me, man, it's kind of like, like playing a video game with my truck. Like, maybe this is the video game I would like. Because, like, there are not many gamers that we find a diesel power challenge. Right, right, right. That's true. But they were into it. Yeah, okay. And then and then I want to talk a little bit about trailer racing, drag racing, and cone course. That day three, man, that's a long day at Bandemir Speedway. But it is so yeah. much fun. There's so much activity. Um, tell me a little bit more about, about the heads-up drag racing. I think when those brackets fly through and there's people missing... I know it caused a little bit of confusion between the competitors of how that was going to shake down. Yeah, well, basically what we do is uh, qualify eight trucks. As far as the, the drag racing segment, we qualify eight trucks to present what would be a quick eight drag race. Heads up drag race. The term bracket is where people get kind of screwed up, man. You know, basically um, a bracket is established but it's not bracket racing. Uh, You know, where one ET against the other ET and try to run without breaking out and all that. No. It is a heads up eliminator. The the, the competitors are, are placed on a bracket or a ladder. The better term is to use is a ladder. And we use a pro ladder um, and we square off the eight trucks that are qualified the quickest eight. In this instance, um, we had two trucks that were not able to um, compete, or three trucks were out. Or you, Bottom line, you had the trucks that didn't qualify, then you had qualified trucks that couldn't compete. What I elected to do was present a quick six versus roll two trucks that didn't qualify into the ladder. You understand? I do. I do. Yeah, and, and, and I thought that was a good choice because I thought it let the guys who, who came out early and qualified – I assume they still kept their points or, or whatever feather Correct. in their cap for qualifying. Correct. And, and it didn't just push those guys out because some of those guys, that's really where we, we saw the most guys go down was during qualifying. Exactly, exactly. And that's that's just it. They had their points. They earned points because they did enter the segment, so it wasn't like a DNF or a DNS or anything like that. They entered the segment. They did qualify. They they got the points accordingly, and then we ran the quick six. And and I mean that was one hell of a drag race, dude. That was awesome. Be honest. Be honest. From down at the at the starting line, did you really think Stephen Lucero beat out Richard Coker? Because I know I did sitting up in the media tower. It's one of those deals, you know. As as a drag racer and people that understand drag racing, that was you know that was a reaction time deal where, you know, Lucero was coming really hard. Don't yeah. get me wrong. He, he he was coming really, really hard, but just based on, um, I think the RT is what was what made that thing, uh, you know, a, no, uh, a done deal, you know. 0.5 to 0.14, and that was the only difference we saw at the end of the track. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a crazy race. That was, all of them were good. They were just really good drag races, and that's something that, unfortunately, we haven't seen a lot of in, in past diesel power challenges. Like, uh, as you mentioned, you know, there's a truck that just runs away and runs through eliminations because it's just clearly the badass and, you know, and can stretch on everybody. Or you have uh, competitors who aren't 
drag racers, if you will, and, you know, just the mechanics of going down the track. They don't know that, so, you sure. know, it makes for a lopsided race. But uh, everyone, uh, with the exception of Brad Sankey, who was his first time drag racing, but, you know, he, he, he was in there, and he was swinging with the best of them, man. It was cool. You know, bad Brad Sankey told me after the show, he said, that's it. I'm, I might still sled pull, he said, but now I'm going to have to set the truck up to drag race, too. <laughs> hooked man hooked the guy got like three passes in his life he's he's done this is what he does now I'm claiming responsibility for that that's awesome that's cool <laughs> and he had the most questions about drag racing too that's really good that's really cool yeah and he used it man he he used he used what he learned on the spot and i think that's that's one of the cool things i think a lot of the the readers at home and the viewers on the live feed they don't really understand although these guys are competing they're also they're also damn helpful with each other it's it's yeah. <laughs> we didn't see any any hurt feelings we didn't find any any drama going on these guys were all down to to help compete to help wrench on each other's trucks uh just everything they could do the camaraderie especially by that point in the event was just amazing yeah well i go in um prior to diesel power challenge prior to the event we have a series of conference calls with the competitors and myself and, and John Lenbauer, our tech editor, and kind of go over some things, ask questions. And from the beginning, uh, when these guys were, were announced and, 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 and presented to um, the readers as, the, as the, chosen, the chosen ten, I kind of expressed to them, look, you know, this is uh, it's, it's serious, it is deadly serious, but it's also something that should be fun. It should, you should leave saying, that was the most fun I've had since I've been doing this diesel stuff, you know. And, um, and you were there on Sunday uh, when we were at ATS Diesel Performance, and we had a, had a couple of minutes to address everyone. And it's like, really, you know, if you got, if you got a mood swing or an attitude or something like that, you better get rid of it right now because it's not really going to be tolerated. You know, this is, uh, this, is, this is serious, but at the end of the day, man, and don't take this the wrong way, and please, listeners, don't take this the wrong way. This is serious, but it's not that serious. There's not $50,000 on the line or, or anything, you know, like that. We want it to be a fun, competitive uh, event that does foster camaraderie, foster sportsmanship. You know, it fosters some of the things that aren't in some of the other you know, competitive areas of motorsports in general. So I think that's really working. You know, you come in as, as uh, unknowns and, and just kind of feeling each other out on Sunday, and by Thursday you're leaving exchanging numbers and Instagram handles and all that kind of thing, man, and you made a really what could be a lifelong friend, and that's great. You said it. You said it. Hey, I know one thing that didn't make friends with anybody, and that's uh, the guys who set up the cone course because, man, <laughs> that one pushed the drivers. Now, Justin, you've you've been to a few diesel events throughout the years, uh, being over here at Duramax Tuner and Calibrated Power. Have you ever seen anything like the cone course? No, not at all. It was uh, <clears throat> it was wild. That I mean, I didn't understand it, and I mean, clearly, <laughs> I just, <laughs> it, was, it was intense. It was definitely intense. Two three hundred foot straight shots in in this yeah. year's cone course. That speed. I mean, that's really, that's the big difference from what I saw from seeing it last year to seeing it this year. Last year, I felt like there's probably more technical, like more technical driving skill. Uh, this year, man, reaction, just, just being able to switch gears, being able to, to, to hammer on it like that. I think I saw a few guys pop off the nitrous in those straight shots and then immediately back on and just throw the anchor and sit on those brakes. Uh, what did you think of this year's cone course? I thought they nailed it. Um, Jason Gonnerman is our cone course expert, along with um, Brandon Wright. Uh, those guys, they go up top on Wednesday uh, as soon as we get to the track, and 
I have no idea what they're doing up there, <laughs> bottom line. <laughs> and, and by the time we get up there, and Jason, uh, he, he pulled me aside and he says, yeah, this one is diabolical. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, and it really was. You know, again, it's something that you know, across all of the segments of Diesel Power Challenge, and um, this really brings home the point of it's not just about the dyno. Across all of the segments of Diesel Power Challenge, this year, we, we tested everything. We tested everything and everyone who was involved. So the plan is to go forward in, in, in that attitude from next year to the next year to the next year. Just keep refining it so that drivers, that teams, and trucks are pushed, and they're pushed hard if they're going to be a part of this. I love that so much. I feel like the competition level, like the, the competitors are rising in, in what they're bringing to the game, right? We're seeing more sure. power. We're seeing bigger, badder, better every single year from the competitors, I like the idea of keeping that level of competition right on the edge. You, you know, how far yeah. can we push these guys? Definitely. And one of the things that I noticed this year, I uh, started to see it last year, but now I think it could be something that will trend going forward, is competitors or those who are selected to compete in Diesel Power Challenge are tapping the resources of veterans and bringing them onto their teams as crew members or consultants in some way. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is a smart move because I think it definitely, I think it, it, it was so helpful to those teams to have somebody who's already been there to say, okay, this is what to expect tomorrow. There, there's yeah, a difference exactly. of seeing it on the live feed and being there and knowing it and have, having to have done it. Um, I, I could see why that would be a huge advantage for a team in the future. Yeah. Sure. Well, hey, I know my listeners have been loving these episodes. Guys, we're having a breakout. We set new records for highest daily downloads, most monthly downloads that we've ever done in our, our podcast ever. So thank you so much to KJ, all the competitors, and the whole Diesel Power Magazine crew. Um, but our listeners want more, KJ. Where can they and when will they be able to follow up and read more about what went down at Diesel Power Challenge? Well, I'm actually working on right now, my team is finishing up, the, uh, the features on all of the drivers and uh, their trucks and such, uh, that'll be in our, our October issue, October issue of Diesel Power Challenge. Actually, it goes online first on the trucktrend.com website. Just click into the uh, diesel, power, diesel Power area or the Diesel Power Challenge. Actually, there is a section yeah. under events for Diesel Power Challenge. So if you look <laughs> in there, you can see all the features uh, on all the guys that participated this year, that competed this year. And then that stuff will be in print in the October issue. And then the event issue with all of the rundown on the segments and more photos and, and charts and stuff like that, uh, that comes up in our November issue, November issue of Diesel Power Magazine. But again, that'll be web first as well. Um, and currently, to go back, you could go into that same Diesel Power Challenge area of the website. And we throughout the week, we do daily uh, updates. Um, so, for example, on, on Thursday, we did the story about Wednesday's activities. You understand what I'm saying? So right. uh, they can go back through the website now and find all of that stuff and, and, and regroup that way. And, and then the, uh, the live stream stuff, the live stream was presented by UTI, Universal Technical Institute. That stuff is available in the Motor Trend Channel's YouTube archive. Which, which was so much fun because I know for a couple of our follow-up episodes, I actually had to jump in there and watch some of the live feed yeah. to get some yeah. of my stats. <laughs> a lot of the guys here were watching those live and watch the replays. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
I just saw LeVon Miller um, at the Outlaw Diesel Super Series race in Virginia, and he said, thanks a lot, KJ. And I said, well, you know, what did I do, what did I do this time? <laughs> and he said, <laughs> he said, that whole week production was really low at Firepoint Diesel because <laughs> everybody was watching the live. <laughs> hey, man, that's what it's about, guys. Guys want to f- follow in this industry, and I think that that's one of the things that this – this event and your guys's magazine is kind of allowed to do is really see what is the national look at at diesel power for street level guys like if i'm not an ods top level you know six figure racer there's a whole lot more out there for me And, and i think that's what's really cool about this is we get to shine a spotlight on those guys and we are starting to see that natural progression of guys going from kicking ass um at dpc and then going into to ucc in in the following years is that a trend you guys hope to to foster is that something you think we'll we'll continue to see i hope it does um we've had several alum who have become or or taken the next step into ultimate call out challenge and that's a great program that focuses on the three major segments of course dyno drag race and sled pull um they've taken their experience and and either tried for the qualifier or, you know, just gone up to the big dog level and, and entered UCC and, and done well, you know, and competed and, and competed hard and that type of thing. Of course, LeVon has won it several times, and he's a, a two-time Diesel, Diesel Power Challenge um, champion. But I want that to certainly happen, and I also want, and what's happening is, Diesel Power Challenge extends an opportunity for um, the enthusiast slash small business owner okay it gives them it gives them uh, an awareness point it gives them a chance to be out there for people who might need to have xyz done to their truck and see this guy out there competing and say you know what he did that truck or he built that truck maybe i need to go down there and have him put my turbos on or maybe i need to go down there you know just have him change my oil the range is incredible but one of the um the benefactors is living proof, if you will, is McCoy Black. McCoy Black, a couple of years ago, came into Diesel Power Challenge. He did okay. You know, he, he crushed the dyno, but then he slipped in, in other areas. And then on the drag strip, of course, we know he had engine problems. And um, He's also fucking hilarious. Yeah. Oh, KJ, did we lose you? KJ. Okay. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I know, me too. I'm sitting here yelling like, KJ, can you hear me? Yeah, he blamed, he's, he, I have it on recording. He goes, KJ, did you hit the mute button? I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay. That, you wouldn't believe how often that happens. <laughs> awesome. So I'll key you back in. So we were, you were just talking about uh, small business owners. A perfect example is McCoy Black. Okay, so you want me to say a perfect example of McCoy Black again? No, you can start right after that. Okay, so let me say it to myself. <laughs> perfect. Do it. Okay. Like a perfect example is McCoy Black. Like McCoy, McCoy uh, competed in Diesel Power Challenge, and just by competing, uh, you know, he did okay. He um, crushed it on the dyno, and then on the drag strip he had some engine problems. He had, well, big-time engine problems. But outside of that, I, uh, I've spoken with his dad since, since DPC, and uh, he told me, his dad told me that, being part of Diesel Power Challenge helped elevate his business, helped his business really take off down there in the uh, North Carolina area. So you have guys uh, like Stephen Lucero, who has a small diesel shop, he and his brothers, and, um, you know, he's not 
going to go to UCC. He's not, you know, he he does drag race locally, but he's he's not really the big time competitor like someone who would go to Ultimate Callout Challenge. But he does have a business and. He's acknowledged that I really think this is going to help me by being part of this. It's probably going to help my business because it's going to make people aware of who we are and what we do. So I'm really um, kind of proud of that aspect of it as well. And that's happened for other people that have competed. They said that being part of DPC has helped their business. So that's really cool. Absolutely, man. And we'd love to see it. We'd love to see this industry continuing to grow, continuing to expand. And we know that this is one of those staple events that's always going to make it happen. Uh, KJ, for the end of the show here, man, anybody you want to give a shout-out to? Well, I definitely want to give a shout-out to my to my team. Um, everybody at Diesel Power Magazine and all of the staff that help out and the people that come in to help out for Diesel Power Challenge, uh, many, many thanks to them because, as I said at the banquet, you know, I, I am the leader, if you will, of this thing, and um, I, I try to make sure that it all run smoothly and everything goes without a hitch but without the support of uh, a lot of really good people it wouldn't happen so thanks to them and then thanks to everybody that competed again uh, a stellar group of competitors all the guys were great and uh, I really appreciate their cooperation and by all means the sponsors we had a record number of sponsors this year a record number for for my um, under my tenure at diesel power and that's xdp of course who is our presenting sponsor and then amsoil arp ats diesel performance banks was on hand a, a big time uh, company coming in to sponsor for the first time with us kc highlights fury off-road tires victor victor i want to say it right victor Reitz, i believe it is yep. it might be Reitz, the Reitz, victor Reitz, and then uh they're they're the sealants and sealers and gaskets and such and uh, PPE and, of course, Universal Technical Institute. That group of sponsors are the group that made this happen from um, an economic and financial standpoint. Um, we can't do it without money. The heart and the desire is there, but the money is also necessary. So I thank them very much, and I'll take this opportunity to welcome anybody that wants to support Diesel Power Challenge 2020. Uh, get in touch with us, because we'd love to have you on board as a sponsor. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for today, guys. This has been Paul Wilson. Justin Tyson. Thank you for listening. Yeah, if you have a pulse, you're on. Yeah. Paul has low standards. We got you. Yeah, that's why I'm willing to work with Chris. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> speak, 